Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're at Comic Con with. John Listman, how the hell are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you so much for coming on because you're just a busy dude. I can't believe you have a daily Instagram live show. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Mate Mornings. I would uh, recommend anyone here check it out. It's uh, every day at 8 a.m. Eastern on Insta Live. Um, I drink yerba mate. It's, it's, a, it's uh... a weird tea. If you haven't tried it, yeah. Um, you uh, you know, it's drunk traditionally out of a gourd, and there's a special ritual of packing the tea, and it has a specific straw called the bombilla that you have to drink out of. Uh, it's it's really something you got to see with your eyes. So, uh, and do you uh, actually do you actually drink it out of a do you drink it out of a gourd, and do you do that during mate mornings? Yes, and yes. Uh, so uh, I've authentic, been drinking. Authentic. Uh, authentic, yeah. My dad's from uh, Uruguay, so I kind of uh, uh. picked up the habit over the years. And uh, I, I became such a big fan of mate in general, just uh, as my daily caffeine source. And, uh, you know, during this quarantine, I was drinking it. I was taking up a way to make more content. I'm like, this is the show. This is what I need to do. <laughs> and uh, I had that Seinfeldian eureka moment. Uh. And... Uh, and I said to myself, like, all right, this is the show. Let me interview comedians about like, quarantine and comedy. And that's every day at 8 a.m. Eastern on Instagram Live. My Lord, a daily fucking schedule. How do you keep that up, man? I guess it's the tea. Um, you know what it is? I mean, I first off, it's, it's Monday to Friday. I, you you got to, you know, I, before I work, I, I have my tea. So it's, I have my mate. So why not interview someone while doing that? And then, uh, you know, when I first did it, I didn't know how long the quarantine would be. Maybe it was two weeks, four weeks, eight weeks. Now that we're uh, <laughs> just keeps on going and going. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how long I'm going to have this time and this uh, freedom to do it. So I'm taking advantage of every day that I can. And so, you know, is it because, you know, when you start up work, you're no longer going to be able to kind of keep up the daily <laughs> schedule like this is a quarantine specific thing. It's. Yes, and I mean, yeah, it definitely it's going to change after the quarantine. I think the uh, having to commute to work versus not is really going to eat. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know if I, you know, I'm here in New York. I don't know if I can drink my mate on the subway and film an Instagram live show. That's going to be a bit much. <laughs> Uh, Man, you'd be, yeah, you'd be doing hero's work if you could. That'd be great uh, to see. I'd, I'd be happy just to get a seat on the subway, <laughs> but, but much less set up my whole ring light, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a great show every day, 8 a.m. And uh, the, uh, no, it's a great way to meet other comedians. I mean, and so many times you're, you're at shows with people, you're at bars, you're hanging out, but like you've never sat down and had an actual conversation. And this is a great opportunity to, get to meet people, get to chat about Mate, and just uh, realize how many interesting people there are in the New York City comedy scene. Yeah, I guess one of the ways you're getting all these cool cool guests is the fact that you've been running The Good One Comedy for so long. Yes, thank you. Um, it's true. So, uh, Good One Comedy, it's a great comedy collective. I started it with a, uh, a couple classmates of mine from The Pit. We all took the Stand Up 101 class. Uh, Pit, of course, the People's Improv Theater. This was uh, kind of winter 2017. And, okay, listen, uh, we, after that, we wanted to kind of start a mic or something. And, uh, you know, one of us was good with social media. One of us was good with uh, 
I mean, kind of had done the most stand up, and another one had worked in bars and restaurants, which is key. <laughs> key. That so is between, the yeah between the all three ingredient. Of, yeah, between all three of you guys, you guys knew how to kind of produce a show. We really had three great uh, people, and we were eager to work together. So, uh, yeah, it started out as an open mic in uh, Greenpoint at a bar called One Bedford, but then, yeah, now you'll find out quickly with any kind of uh, live attendance thing at a bar that you really got to draw the numbers. Uh, so since then, we've been uh, doing uh, our open mic at a Parkside Lounge, the Lower East Side, very cool venue, hoping that reopens very very soon and uh monthly shows at the pit where we started and it's just been a great ride we've uh it's been so good our last show of course in person was in february and oh my uh, gosh yeah and i mean have you taken it online the goodwin shows 100 100 percent. uh and we've we've really gotten we've doubled down with the online stuff we uh do two mics a day every day at 5 p.m and 8 p.m and uh, anyone who is welcome to come, even if you've never done comedy before, it's such a good uh, way to practice your material. And, uh, well, I mean, for online. Of course, it's not the real thing. It's definitely not uh, as good as being up on a real stage in front of people. But the, uh, the fact remains, I think it's the best that we got right now. So uh, I would I encourage any... Any comic your, to do it, yeah. Yeah, your first Zoom showcase had both Carly Montag and also mm. uh, Carly Montag and uh, Stephen Rogers, so that was a pretty yes. good one. Um, absolutely, we did our first uh, Zoom show. It was on YouTube Live, actually. Uh, okay. uh, in fact, in uh, May, it's all a blur. This quarantine, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we decided to skip June, but we're going to be putting one together for July. Okay. So stay tuned. Yeah. And so, how, yeah, how does that, you know, the Goodwin system work? Like, if I wanted to get on a Goodwin show, is the way to do that kind of through the mic? Like, you encourage them to come to the mic first? Um, for sure. We always like to, uh, you know, know who we're putting on our shows a little. So, it always helps to have you on once or twice at the mic. Uh, but no, we, we can also just submit a tape. Uh, we're happy to put on any good comedian out there that we think would be a good addition to the show. And, uh, so yeah, submit a tape, but I check out the mic first, get to know us a little, you know, it's always the best way, in my opinion. Yeah, buy buy you a beer or a cup of coffee and you're, you're, well, you're good to go. Or a yerba, a yerba mate, right? That's right, refill my yerba mate thermos, and uh, <laughs> that's that's the that's the way to get my heart, yeah, absolutely. So uh, how, but no. How you got, yeah, how are you balancing your own career with, you know, producing all these shows? Um, I guess they probably work uh, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I mean, you just, I don't know. If you want something bad enough, you, you find the time. I, uh, yeah. I'm i an immigration lawyer by day, so uh, nine to five, that's where my head's at. I'm constantly, uh, I, I focus on uh, citizenship cases at the moment, so yeah. helping a lot of people here with green cards become citizens. And, uh, you know, uh, it's my day job, and then my night job is uh, stand-up comedy. This you fucking- just... Is Find hustling, the time. hustling and laughing like i noticed that you know i'm yeah. a lawyer and so one of the mm. one of the things that a lawyer yeah a lawyer does is uh he kind of knows how to administer some of this bullshit like he knows how tedious mm. some of the shit can get and so recruitment <sighs> and making sure everybody's uh, showing up on time is something that you have to do at your oh, day job sure. and, and and your night job absolutely and uh i guess yeah having that background helps me organize and be more scheduled than uh i would be otherwise for sure 
Yeah. It just, you know, it is when you have a nine to five, you're, you're okay. That you, the other time is so much more valuable. You have to make the most yeah. of it. And it just kind of forces you to be militant in schedules and, uh, have a good, uh, just balance of everything. Yeah. And so, I mean, and then when are you getting up on all, on all these shows? Like which, which of, which of you are at the mics and you know, are all three of you at every mic and are all three of you at every show? Um, we're, I mean, no, uh, the answer is no. So the mics, we kind of rotate. Um, I typically do 5 PM Monday to Friday. Uh, my co-host Sean Gibbs does 8 PM and, uh, weekend shows and, Actually, the other co-host, uh, Mike Malone, splits the weekend. I mean, you know, we kind of split it off. We can't do everything every day. And then every so often, things come up. It's nice to have a couple people there to cover for you. And we uh, we take turns. We support each other. And, yeah, we'd, we would be at every show unless there was some sort of uh, scheduling conflict. I don't know. <laughs> and then you get up at all these shows at least as a host, or are you always giving yourself a spot? Uh, both, yeah. We would okay. rotate hosting and also make sure to give ourselves enough time to do a set. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be worth it. Like, yeah, you can't neglect the career, so it's nice that they both work together to ensure you're getting stage time. Was that of kind of the was that the goal at the beginning to to be like, I don't want to be at the mercy of of whoever has the hat at the open mic. Let's just start our own. Um. Yeah. I mean, just uh, I don't know. I think we're all still at the mercy. I do other mics, so no matter what happens, <laughs> um. We are at the mercy of the bucket of the the comedy gods, hoping they select us at a favorable time. Um, That's funny. No. There's, no, there's no way around it. It's like, I mean, oh, no, I, I go I go to other mics, so I have to deal with these uh, gatekeepers. Yeah, and and you know what? It's fine. I uh, I don't know. We did it because we wanted more hosting experience as a open mic comic. You're performing, you're not hosting, and also because. Uh, yeah, just just to have your own thing, it forces you to be consistent and uh, stay on top of it and develop it. And it, it was uh, it's been a good experience, and uh, it's going to keep on being a good experience. Oh, good. And so now, like, when are you guys going to start? You know, when is phase four or whatever comedians mm. are? And do you have any outside <laughs> spaces that you might try to organize, like rooftops or parks? Yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, I've already started going. <laughs> See, here's why it's nice to not always, to not just do your mic, because you don't have to deal with the trouble of uh, lugging an amp and lights and chairs up to a roof. Uh, it's <laughs> nice to just show up sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I would say at the moment we're more focused on the Zoom thing. We're going to be doing the Zoom show in July, and uh, we'll take it one day at a time, one month at a time. I don't know that we have a space uh, to do that at the moment, but, uh, let's see how things evolve. I, I've only started this week going to do, uh, stuff outdoors again in front of people. And what was that like? Um, it was incredible. Well, okay. So this Wednesday I did my, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. Well, well, let me explain. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, you know, um, nothing is good all the, I mean, okay. How could, okay. <laughs> but let me just get into it on Wednesday, uh, 3 PM Washington square park. There's a daily mic that I went to and uh, well, I think it was my first time in front of a live audience in like 106 days, maybe more. And uh, it didn't go well. It went pretty bad. It's like, you know, all these 20 year old young kids that are not wearing masks or gloves and they all feel invincible. And I'm like holding the mic fragilely in my hand with a handkerchief. Yeah. Uh, but uh, okay. And that set didn't go well. And I was like upset and angry. 
And then last night I did a, another mic. This one was on a rooftop. And uh, okay, dude, that one that set went well. Like, oh my god, okay. I, I forgot that uh, feeling of a good set. And uh, <laughs> all the uh, paranoia, all the uh, fears. I mean, I'm sure that I, you know, uh, as much as you want to get back and have a good set. Uh, it's better to have a bad set and get over it. Like that pushing through it <laughs> moment has been uh, <laughs> truly valuable to get under my belt. Although I, nothing's under my belt. It's uh, I feel like you have some adrenaline when you first get back out there and then there's going to be a rough period to kind of slog through. Yeah. And what, what kind of stuff are you exploring on stage that, you know, are new fresh angles on what the fuck <laughs> is happening, uh, happening right now? Like don't tell me any jokes or anything, but like, how are you going to stand out? if everybody has the kind of the same pandemic and quarantine and, and black lives matter jokes. Um, I mean, to be honest, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think there has not been that people like have like maybe 15 to 20% of what they're doing is about, uh, quarantine stuff. But I think, uh, I know that I've focused on material that's going to be relatable after, Okay. I've just been doing different like stories from my past before the quarantine okay. and uh, making bits out of them. So I've, but yeah, there people just want to hear what's going on in your life, uh, your, your, your struggles, core or not. And uh, whatever. I just, I'm happy things are open again. Venues are starting to uh, slowly have shows again. People are ready to uh, get back into it. And so am I. Yeah, it's, I, I just had Khalid Rahman on, and he has mm. a show with he has he's with Charles McBee at the QED Astoria thing, the Nerd is the New Black. So I, new black, it yeah, surprised excellent. yeah, it surprised me because I did eighty episodes at QED Astoria, and I mm. didn't know I didn't know that they had a backyard. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't either actually. And uh, <laughs> earlier today, I signed up for their open mic, you know, Friday, July third. Uh, really? And uh, I, I whatever, I, I'm just going to show up and trust they put a backyard somewhere. I, I, yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel like it's the alley where they stack the dumpsters and now they're just bringing <laughs> the dumpsters inside to sell <laughs> Mike's space. I, I really, I can't picture it. Like, uh, yeah. I know it's on a block of homes, so it kind of would make yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. but yeah, dude, it's, uh, well, I don't know. Well, one, I'll let you know after Friday. <laughs> Yeah, please do. And yeah, what are some of the things that are making their way into your act? Like, you know, are you observational? Are you autobiographical? Like, what, what kind of things are you talking about generally on stage, you know, I, before and after quarantine? Yeah, dude, that's autobiographical. I, I like my life, my stories, my uh, just just still kind of focusing on my persona and finding my voice on stage. And so I always end up talking about just weird experiences and how I've reacted to them. Uh you know, it's autobiographical, but it's not linear, if, if, if that makes sense. Okay. And then yeah. it makes, I would think that that makes transition a little bit difficult if it's not linear. Right. Uh, you know, it's just whatever is on my mind that I want to rant about. Uh, if there's a news story, uh, you know, that's being discussed, I'll, of course, make sure to take my time to uh, get into it. But really, it's, uh, you know, I'm Jewish, I'm Latino. Uh, you get an interesting mix of uh, upbringing with that. Yeah. And uh, I've moved to Brooklyn in a very Caribbean neighborhood. So it's kind of all these mixing of cultures and how I uh, absorb it all. And do you find that the experiences that, that to, are you finding that the experiences that happen to you are weird or is it your reaction that's strange? I mean, 
it doesn't feel weird to me until I tell it on stage. And then it's like, oh, wait, um, maybe, maybe this wasn't the best birthday gift. Maybe this wasn't the, uh, you know, a normal email to get from your mom. Something, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's stuff that you like look back and you see the humor and want to share with everyone. And I mean, is there anything in your day job that makes it in? I'm sure you don't uh, break attorney-client privilege, but there must of be some course fun, not. funny shit um, that happens, right? Yes and no. Like, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't know. It's just like I have a, a different switch. I, I've like compartmentalized the two. I, um, I've tried writing about topical immigration things, and it's okay. It, uh, I, I make fun of the N-400, the citizenship form, every now and then to uh, – <laughs> Some of the questions on there are ridiculous, like, <laughs> are you a terrorist? Have you ever? <laughs> were you a member of the Nazi party between 39 and 45? As if, if you were a member any other year, you'd be cool. It's, it's uh, <laughs> what's another good? They, they ask, are you a prince or uh, in your foreign country? Like, why would any prince be giving up their status? <laughs> oh, 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 right. It's, you'd have to be. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, no. you know, I mean, so th those that's a form you typically deal with. And so this humor just, you know, I mean, the, the jokes wrote themselves once you looked at this form with a comedic eye. Definitely. I mean, it's funny. And then whether it translates to the stage, it kind of depends on the audience and the, you know, the energy level I'm getting. Yeah. And so how do yeah. you, it sounds like you and um, you and Sean Gibbs and Mike Malone found each other at the pit. I mean, yes. what, is your it sounds and, and each of you kind of have a different strength. One of you worked in restaurants. One of you was, a, you know, a pretty far in stand up or whatever. But does your comedy also kind of uh, fit together? Well, like, are they doing things that complement your own? <laughs> well, I don't know. I actually uh, would say we have three unique styles. It's I I, I, I I, uh, so I want to say no to the question, but, uh, <laughs> but, but having three unique styles, um, has, as we all take our turns, kind of inviting people to shows, I, I've met comics I wouldn't have otherwise that I've been so impressed by and have like been grateful to have met. So it's, uh, yeah. even, even though we don't have maybe, uh, an overlap in style, there's a lot of, uh, good that comes from that too. So, so some people might vibe well with John, some people might vibe well with Sean, and some might vibe well with Mike. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. Right. So what? Yeah. So what's the you know putting on the big shows or whatever, whether, whether it's electronically or I guess it's digitally or in person. I mean, are mm -hmm. you guys just looking for that quality, or are you looking for more than that? Like, do they have to have a voice? Are you looking at skin color and things like this, or it's, it's a uniqueness of experience in general, regardless of what your color is? I mean, it's. No, dude, we definitely don't want to do a show with eight white guys and blend, like fall into the blob, the poster. Um, I think we do look for a, a diverse, inclusive kind of mix of comics. But, uh, of course, talent trumps everything. We, we want to get the best average, you know, we can out of our uh, out of our bleh, performers just to produce the best possible show that we can. So uh, it's a little bit of everything. And so, and it sounds like your first venue might have been a little bit too big for you guys. You, you know, you mm. said that you have to fill the seats and stuff like that. What, what else kind of makes a good uh, comedy room for you? Okay, so uh, listen. I mean, you, obviously, capacity. You want to make it filled. You don't want empty seats. That's of course the worst thing. Um, I just good sight lines, good lighting, good. Uh, you know, uh, an elevated stage. What like we do at the pit right now. 
where uh, there's also a tech booth, so we can have different kind of musical and light cues. Uh, but more than anything, just a good bar where uh, people have had a couple drinks, they're in close proximity, they uh, kind of cramp space everything that uh, this virus it loves and we need to avoid yeah. uh, are the best <laughs> conditions for a comedy show. That's so funny. It's yeah, conducive to humor is also con- conducive to coronavirus. Absolutely, one one hundred percent correlation. And so are you going to uh, have to, you know, are you going to have to socially, you know, kind of pick your venue with an eye towards social distancing? Like if uh, you fill, fill it with fifty, now you need a room for a hundred or something. Yeah, I mean, I just don't plan on producing an indoor show until there's a vaccine. If I'm being uh, honest, okay. uh, so uh, we might. I think we're really looking to expand our Zoom show thing. We had a great run the first time, and we want to make sure. I mean, even after clubs come back, we're talking about continuing our stuff on Zoom because people, uh, again, as much as comics want are dying to get up on stage, I, I wonder how much audiences are dying to go back to some of these rooms that uh, yeah. have the clubs are in. So uh, it's going to be a bit of a experiment as we go. I would be open to some kind of, I don't know, dude, producing a show at a event, it, eh, bringing the equipment to the park and drawing people and I've, I've like done the mics. It's just like, you can't tune out the noise. There's no, it's weird. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of the park show. The, uh, roof one has much more appeal, but then, uh, you know, whose roof, how many people, is it enough people? Uh, so really until there's a vaccine, I'm more than happy as a producer to just do the zoom thing. But as a performer, I would much rather get on stage. I know it's uh, you have to wear two hats. Yeah, when you're yeah. putting a show together as a comic. Yeah. I just had Kelly Taylor on, and I think she said that mm. the money was be- was better as a Zoom comic. Like, meaning, like, the money was better. Interesting. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, internet, are you noticing that's true? Or I guess you're the one paying. Yeah. I mean, as the producer, you're, we, we, we hired a tech. We wanted to make sure everything was good. Uh, you know, like, if you're able to get booked, why not? Yeah. I mean, there's less travel time, of course. There's less expense, of course. I, uh, can definitely see that being the case and uh it's tough dude i i just i don't know man i've been to good zoom shows i've been to so many mediocres and uh it's just like i great i mean if a producer's willing to pay that's great i'm just wondering how much audiences are gonna be uh, once things start to open up again willing to uh keep the zoom thing going oh yeah are they, are they yeah. paying more now like meaning are the audience members because some of these shows are raising tons of fucking money, it leads me to believe that maybe people are opening their wallets wallets more now, if that's possible. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, everyone's financial situation is different. There's certainly mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> a lot of GoFundmes and you know, kind of charity efforts to help support uh, out of work uh, performers of all kinds and bartending and waiting staff that's also uh, not able to work right now. So it's uh, I think there is a sense of urgency with donating and that has helped fund this, uh, fuel this movement or, but, uh, let's see, let's see how long this lasts and hopefully we can get back to normal pretty soon. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Some people might be less likely to go out of there, you know, to, to (sighs) tune into a zoom if they have 84,000 other things to do, like you said. Now, now if I want to see Mate, Mate morning seems to be a J list, J list 86 is the Instagram for that. 
100%. It's my personal Instagram. It's every day at 8 a.m. Eastern. And uh, it's a cool show. Like, too, if you listen, no one's going live at 8 a.m. It's it's crazy. Uh, it's it's like a talk, like a, I don't know, a Regis show, whatever, Strahan, whoever does the Good Morning America now. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's like a fun, wake up y show. And I don't know, everyone's happier in their morning. Their day hasn't gone to crap yet. Everyone's optimistic. And uh, it's it's a good way to start the day if you're in your bed just turn it on for five minutes give it a go uh i love that and and so they're not groggy i mean they're still sharp enough to make you laugh well yeah so it's fun because uh you start off groggy and then like 20 minutes in it starts to the caffeine kicks in for comic and for both of us and uh i'm drinking my mate they're usually having their first tea or coffee of the day and uh it's just a nice thing and i was doing it anyway like what what uh blessing that like for the first time in my life uh comedy is fitting around my schedule instead of me trying <laughs> to fit my schedule around comedy yes yeah, yeah. so the pandemic has uh, has been good to john lesman i've been making the most of every minute absolutely oh good and that, that's what we get from the discipline of being lawyers I mean, dude, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I gotta tell you, I, I the whole reason I'm doing comedy, I mean, okay, <laughs> besides all the love and passion I have for it, I remember I was studying for the bar, uh, this was like 2012, and just miserable every minute, hating it, why am I doing this, life sucks, what? And like, a good friend of mine convinced me that everyone needs a creative hobby. Yeah. And it just like opened up my mind, it never occurred to me that uh, I needed to be creative. <laughs> in any way like i enjoy entertainment and i'm happy to consume it but i never thought about producing it and that would have, uh, that would have helped you for the three years of law school too if you had whew, the creative it's like why did you wonder, wait till the bar exam to tell me that? yeah i wonder i mean i don't know i feel like i didn't have any time then but uh i, I think it would have i would have if i found the time had a better balance on the whole thing and uh okay dude this is you need something to like this to motivate you to bring you joy to just find your creative passion and pursue it and so that's when you started comedy and that's when that's good right one com- that's when good good one comedy started up yeah good one came a few years later uh but that's when i started doing open mics and just developing my act little by little good well i'm gonna f- i follow you on twitter you're good one comedy across you know that yes. and instagram but you're also you'll, you also have goodonecomedy.com where they can find all these social links 100 percent. okay and they uh, can they check yeah. out Mate Mornings every morning at 8 o'clock, you said? 8? 8, 8 a.m. Eastern, JList86. Wow. Dude, that's fun. Dude, you're a fucking, you're doing hero's work, man. If, if oh, you're going to make people it. laugh, if you're going to make people laugh at 8 a.m., dude, you deserve another year of Mate. I thank you. And uh, listen, I, I much prefer it, dude. You know, I'm a morning person. If comedy, yeah. there needs to be more comedy done in the daytime. I'm starting a yeah. revolution here. Yeah, uh, me, me, it's, it's yeah me, me too. Yeah, me too. That's mm-hmm. why I don't go to comedy clubs at all because it's like I can't fucking stay up that late. Yeah, dude. Uh, we got jobs. We got places <laughs> to. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unless there's a show, I'm I'm rarely out past ten. Well, so you're you're saving immigrants during the day and you're making everyone laugh at night. So thank you so much, John. Oh, dude, thank you. My pleasure. And uh, keep up the great work. And I hope to see you out there in the real world very soon. Oh, I can't wait. Thanks, John. My pleasure, Dan. Take care.